when it comes to talk about the rapture, they reject the thought of the rapture because they say, whoa. <laughs> they say that um, they were wondering if this worked, so we found out it does work, okay? They say, why, why do you think you would get out of here without experiencing the tribulation? Who are we that we should, should even expect that? Um, I don't know where they get these ideas, but um, think of all the people who have lived and died that didn't experience this, any part of the seven-year period of tribulation. Um, others have said, Oh, belief in the rapture makes people just uh, sit back and do nothing, and um, and it's it gives them a false hope. Well, I admit that it could cause people to do that, but it shouldn't. Um, in fact, that's a sinful thing to do because knowing that the Lord may come at any time. It ought to motivate us to be prepared and to redeem the time because the days are evil and so on. But it's interesting, um, as I mentioned, some of them say, well, it's not fair that we do not have to suffer. And um, I don't know where these people come from if they have a sadistic spirit that thinks you need to suffer something, but there is a great misunderstanding about suffering. And although this coattails on prophecy tonight, what we really want to look at is the doctrine of suffering. They did a survey that said if you could ask God one question and knew that he would give you any answer, what would you ask? The top response was, why is there so much pain and suffering? Now, tying in with this aspect of people that say there's no God that we looked at a moment ago, there are people that really struggle with, if there is a God, why is there so much pain and suffering in this world? Now think of it. If tomorrow you went to work and at break someone came up to you and said, Hey, I know, I know you're a Christian. If there is a God, why is there so much pain and suffering? What would you say to them? The wrong answer is to say, go ask pastor. That's the wrong answer, okay? Close to the wrong answer is go Google it. All right. We are to be prepared to give an answer to every man that asks us a reason 
for the hope that is within us. And it's undeniable there is much pain and suffering in this world. If, if we took the time tonight, we don't have the time, but for people to start sharing the pain and suffering, number one, most of us wouldn't want to share it, and number two, we wouldn't have time to share, just even in this room, the pain and the suffering that there has been from from literal physical pain that people have experienced to the pain of of great losses um, from losing someone that is very close to you, the pain of um, great reversals of life and so on. There have been much suffering and pain. And people have, if there is a God... Why is there so much pain and suffering? And really, many people struggle with this and, and use that, not correctly, but they use that as an excuse to throw out God and everything related. So, to help equip us tonight, we want to look at why is there suffering? Why is there suffering? Does it mean that we won't go through the tribulation, the seven-year period of tribulation, that we won't have suffering? No, there will be suffering. Did God say every Christian needs to go through the seven or three and a half years of the tribulation? No, we'll get to that later here. But Beginning, why is there suffering? First and foremost, there is suffering because of the curse of sin. Human suffering came about when God gave to Adam and Eve the free will, And he gave to them the free will as that was the only way that we can enjoy the highest value in the universe, which is love. Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Without free will... We could never love, because in order to love, we must have a choice to not love. If, if you have no choice but to love, you are a robot. That's not love. And God gave to mankind a free will. They could choose to follow God's ways, or they could choose to go their own way. He gave the choice And human suffering came about because Adam and Eve chose, as we would have chosen, chose to go their own way, and with that, as by one man's sin, death entered into the world. And because of that, because God in his love gave to us The opportunity to choose, because of that choice, 
sin entered into the world, and with that came the curse of sin. So, many, many people have suffered because of various deaths. Accidents that take a loved one's life, or, or just the, the curse of sin that no one lives forever. I visited with someone this last week and, and really into exercising, and I think we need to exercise and things. And, and I just said to him, you know what, no matter how we eat or how we exercise, time is undefeated. Time, is, time has won in every person that's ever lived except Jesus Christ. And that's the result of the curse. That's the, which is the result of sin, which is the result of mankind having a free will to choose. And people would say, well, why did God give mankind the free will to choose? Because we would have just been robots. If there's no choice, then there would be no love. Love is a choice. We could do a whole series on the results of the curse. I mean, there is pain and suffering because the earth is cursed and there's all the thorny bushes and multifloral rows and thistles and all that from that stuff let alone the diseases, let alone the genetical breakdowns of our bodies, and on and on and on we go. But in, it, it is clear to understand that, first of all, there's pain and suffering because of the curse of sin. Secondly, there is pain and suffering because of foolish decisions that we make. Um, you know, there's, there's some interesting bloopers that you can find on YouTube of stupid things that people do. And they end up being injured and damaged. And they brought the pain on themselves because of some stupid decision that they did. You know what I'm saying? And, and often we bring pain and suffering into our life because of decisions that we make, foolish decisions that we make that then cause pain and suffering in our life or in others' lives. Jesus said, you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. That's pain and suffering. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. There's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's a principle that we really struggle with in our, in our society today. We, we have a hard time connecting cause and effect in our society today. Um, simple little things like, why am I always in debt? Um, cause and effect. You spend more than you make equals, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, Debt, okay? That's one little example of pain and suffering that we bring because of decisions that we make. 
We bring many, many, many other um, foolish decisions into our life that produces pain and suffering. Thirdly, why is there suffering? Because there is spiritual warfare. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And this is, this is very important for us to understand in, in realizing the doctrine of suffering. And, you know, we, we like the doctrine of, of salvation and the doctrine of, of, um, about heaven and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And, um, we like those things, but what does God teach us about suffering? And as you get in the Bible and look, he teaches a lot about suffering because he knows that it is a part of being a follower of him. Number one, being a human being, we live in a cursed world. Number two, we've all made foolish decisions. Number three, when we make the right decision to become a follower of Christ, that immediately immerses us in spiritual warfare. Notice 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Beloved, he's writing to believers. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Verse 15 is don't suffer from stupid decisions is what he's saying, okay? But. If any man suffer as a Christian because he is a follower of Christ, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved... Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So, here we have a Christian. He has trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sins. He begins in the walk with the Lord, the pilgrimage with the Lord, and... Here comes suffering his way. And Peter is writing, he says, don't think it's strange like, oh no, why is this suffering entering my life? I heard a guy on TV say that if you follow Christ, you'll have riches and peace and everything will be wonderful. Why is this happening to me? Well, if you hear anybody tell you that a follower of Christ will make you wealthy and make you have no problems and no bad enter your life, 
mark him as a heretic. You tell Paul that. You tell Peter that. You tell any of the apostles that. In fact, he's saying, if you are a follower of Christ, there is spiritual warfare going on, and you have an adversary, the devil, which is going about seeking to devour you, and the Bible is full of examples of the persecution. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Notice if you'd look in, in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I've got a new Bible, and I know where this verse is in my old Bible, but it doesn't help me with my new Bible. Um, but in... In Timothy, he says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There will be hard times come in your life. There will be difficulties that come into your life. And he tells us in the book of Philippians, these trials will come and they shouldn't surprise us. It it is because... You have, we are in warfare and there is opposition that comes. Do you know there have been more Christian conversions since 1800 than in the previous 1800 years combined? And there have been more Christian martyrs since 1800 than in the previous 1800 years combined. What does that tell you? There is a warfare that is going on, and this warfare involves suffering. And Jesus said, if any man be a follower of me, let him take up his cross. The cross has become a nice emblem to put on lights and, and to make his jewelry. And, and to the cross is an emblem of pain and suffering. Take up your cross and follow me. And he's saying, there is a spiritual warfare. Um, Again, each of these points we could spend much time on, but we need to go on. There, There is spiritual warfare and much pain and some suffering comes as a result of that. Fourth, why is there suffering? It is for God's glory. God will allow suffering to come into the lives of believers, and we can either bless God through it, or we can either curse God through it. Exhibit A, Job. Job blessed God through his suffering. Ultimately, he blessed God through his suffering. Why did that that happen? It was for the glory of God. And, And there will be things, when I said suffering comes through foolish decisions that we make, 
That's not saying all suffering comes through that. Some suffering comes through spiritual warfare. Some suffering comes because God wants to show his power. And God may choose this individual to suffer one way and another individual to suffer another way. And we get caught up in saying, well, I'm suffering more than them. Why am I suffering this? Do all to the glory of God. Why was this man born blind, suffering with, with blindness? Was it because his parents sinned? Was it because his own sin? He said, no. You missed the point. This is for the glory of God so God can show his power. And any suffering that comes into our life, ultimately, God desires to be glorified through it. And, and to see it as an opportunity by God's grace, God, I want to glorify you through this. Why is there suffering? And we're talking now as believers. Spirit from, from verse three, from verse three, from number three on, it's dealing with believers. Spiritual warfare for God's glory and for our benefit. I'm sure most of you have heard the quote of C.S. Lewis. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And God oftentimes shouts to us in our pain for our benefit. There are, there are many, many benefits that can come through our pain and suffering. It may be to deal with our pride. It may be to teach us a dependence as we've never had before on the grace and the power of God. Turn to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1, and notice verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials and testings, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And the next verse, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. So he's saying, here you're going through a period of tribulation, a period of testing. But let it have its work in your life because it can produce maturity. And in the midst of that, when you think, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to respond? If anyone lacks wisdom, which we all do, God, I'm coming to you. I want to glorify you through this suffering. Give me wisdom. And he gladly gives it to us. It's for our benefit to help bring maturity. You look back in your life and some of the, the most 
the, the times that you have grown the most in your walk with the Lord have been times of great difficulty. It is those dark days that we come to personally experience truth. Notice if you turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And notice verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He's saying, this suffering that I went through was good for me because I learned your word through that. There are times that you will learn things through the suffering that you would never learn anywhere else. And God is using that for our benefit to bring maturity. He uses it to produce intimacy. We come to know the heart of God through suffering. Job concluded in Job 42, after all that he experienced, he said, Now I have seen you, God. And in saying that, he was saying, I now have experienced you. I have personally been drawn to an intimacy with you like I've never had before. It is for our benefit. God is going to make all things work together for good if we love him and are committed to his purposes. So it is for our benefit. And then, lastly, there is suffering, there will be suffering, that is due to the wrath of God. And this specifically deals with the seven-year period of tribulation where God's wrath is poured out upon mankind. But turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And notice verse 10. He says to them in verse 9, How you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Notice if you look in chapter 5. And verse 9, he's speaking about the day of the Lord, that that day should not overtake us as a thief. For God, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not, as believers, we are not appointed to wrath. Um, few Sunday nights ago, we talked about the wrath of God in the, the three phases of judgment that will be poured out on mankind during the tribulation. That, that suffering will be due to the wrath of God, but is only for those who have rejected Christ as their personal Savior. The day is coming... When suffering will cease 
and evil will be judged. For us to stand here today in the midst of ongoing history and to say, there can't be a God because there's suffering. If there was a God, he would judge evil and he would deal with suffering. Norman Geisler said, it is irrational to criticize God for failing to punish evil people. Because God hasn't done it yet doesn't mean that he won't do it. God said that the day of judgment is coming The end of pain is coming, but just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean that he won't do it. And we know, that's why God has given his word, we know that the day of God's wrath is coming. And there will be great suffering due to his wrath. But there is suffering in this world for this various reasons. So if someone asks you, why is there suffering in this world? Say, well, God, from the very beginning, gave mankind the choice. And because mankind chose to walk away from God, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So there is the curse. And God has certain universal, unchanging laws that when you violate them, you bear the consequences. If I go out south of town and I climb up the brand new tower that they built out south of town, and I say, I don't believe in gravity, and I jump off that, it doesn't matter whether I believe in gravity or not. The law of gravity prevails, and that was a foolish decision I would have made, and I would have quickly much suffering. Probably wouldn't last very long, okay? God has universal principles of law that when we violate them, that's a foolish decision, we suffer. And to understand that God allows and is able to take all the suffering in this world and make it work together for good. But to understand there is coming a day when there will be suffering that is directly from the hand of God, from his wrath. And so that person that asks you, there is a prime opportunity to share to them You know, God has provided a way to fix this problem of sin through the second Adam. And that he has given Christ not to remove suffering in this world, but to remove the wrath of God from us and to give us the grace for the suffering of this world. As a believer in the suffering that we experience, we need to ask ourselves, how am I responding to this suffering? It may be a suffering that that someone is spreading rumors about you and damaging your reputation. It may be physical suffering. Okay, first of all, how am I responding to it? 
Secondly, how should I respond to this? Thirdly, what am I learning from this? What is God wanting to teach me from this? Fourthly, does my response demonstrate faith in God? Does it demonstrate love for God and for others? Does it demonstrate Christ-like character? And then fifthly, how can God use this in my life? The comfort with which you have been comforted to be able to comfort others also. So God's allowing me to go through this and I can experience his comfort, his grace, because every suffering is, a, is, um, is accompanied by the grace of God. We will never, no one will ever be able to stand before God and say, God, I went through that and your grace was not available to me. Every suffering, every testing, every pain is accompanied by his grace. We must appropriate his grace. And God then can use that in our lives. Suffering is very, very real. And you may have suffering. You may have people that ask you, why does God allow suffering? And you need to discern, are they in the midst of suffering or are they just looking for something to hide behind to reject Christ? There's all the difference in the world in those two people. And the Spirit of God will give direction in that. But our nation is in the midst of suffering because of many foolish decisions that our nation has made. The fact is, collectively, we can't change the nation, but we can change our hearts. And to have a commitment, God, I want to honor you. I have no idea. I have no idea what I may go through in this life. But whatever suffering may come, whatever joys may come, I want to honor you. That ought to be our prayer and desire. And tonight, as we close our service, um, we want to take time to pray for our nation. And I urge you um, not just to pray for our nation, but in that, to pray that we as Christians would properly represent what God teaches regarding suffering and that we would live out this truth to be more than conquerors through him that loved us. We'll have... um